Welcome to Magnified Abundance, the podcast dedicated to exploring the power of a growth mindset for business professionals and entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Izzy Nally, a business growth strategist and a hypnotherapist, and I'm thrilled to be your guide on this journey of discovery, learning, and growth. Every week, I bring you inspiring, insightful interviews with successful business owners, professionals, and entrepreneurs as they share their stories of mindset shifts that have led to their success. Together, we'll explore what it takes to cultivate an abundant mindset, overcome the limiting beliefs, and achieve greater prosperity in both business and life. So sit back, relax, and get ready to be inspired as we magnify abundance and achieve true success together. Let's get started. All right, perfect. So thank you for joining me, Alex. Today we're talking about our relationship with money, how our mindset has changed in the course of being an entrepreneur and business owner, as well as what's that story as you've built your business and how the money has changed along with it. Yeah, that's a whole world right there I could talk about. Let's start with talking about what's your business and what do you do? So I have several businesses actually, but the one that I have, the one we'll talk about here will be insurance business, right? So about, let's see, like a few months ago, you know, looking more of like a part-time opportunity, you know, I have a full-time job already in sales, but you know, it's not, doesn't always pay the bills. And I live in California where it's crazy expensive. So I was looking for another way to make a little side hustle, you know, like during like off time when I'm not working, obviously, because I don't do this during work, but you know, a way to make more money. And I know that historically I've been an entrepreneur since 13. So I'm very smart, very bright. I know how to build a business. I know how to hustle, you know, all these kind of attributes and I'm really good at sales, you know? So I was like, why not find something I can do like a, a platform where I can apply like extraordinary customer service, sell something of tremendous value, help a lot of people out. And make a really good living for myself, my wife, and our future son, who's being born in three months. You know, like Aww, we want to get a house congrats. at some point, right? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Very exciting. So, you know, most, I, I think I read an article recently that was talking about like, this, this number is made up, I think, but like 40% of Americans have side hustles, you know, like yeah. the, like the economy is just so whatever right now that everyone, even people that are successful have to make more money somehow. So how do you do it? People are doing Ubers and Lyfts and part-time jobs and, you know, working three jobs. I know a person working four jobs, like it's nuts. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, you know, I have an eight hour day job. You know, I also have a pregnant wife. I have to take care of and nurture and, you know, be responsible for. And, you know, we have a dog, you know, and I have family. I have other responsibilities, right? So like, you know, it's hard to do another like full-time job or another part-time job with that kind of a schedule, you know? So I started looking for ways to like, I don't know, do a side hustle, but one that's not like your ordinary one. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing I've realized, and I've done a lot of research on this, by the way, like months before I even did this, is if that's you good. look at like the world, like you like you go on Google, type in like side hustles, you know, ways to make money, like all keywords like that. I even have a feed every morning I get from Google Direct. So it's like Google Digest feed, whatever, on keywords like passive income and side hustles. Like I'm always looking, right, for these kind of opportunities. And what I've discovered, the overwhelming majority of them that are on websites, videos, like YouTube, like everywhere you look is always the same crap. It's always the same, like five or 10 things to do. And I say crap because in my experience, majority of those things don't work for most people. So when I say- I 100% agree. You know, like, like, I'll give you some examples to make this real. Like, you know, start a YouTube channel, start a blog, be an affiliate marketer, do a, you know, be a person, be a secret shopper, you know, play these video games to make money. Like all these things make you pennies for all the work that you do. You're getting paid like pennies an hour. It's ridiculous. You know, and I'm like, this is dumb, (laughs) you know, like, why don't we look for opportunities where you can make a lot of money, like thousands, hundreds of thousands more and not work until you die, working 24 hours a day, you know? So about seven years ago, actually 10 years ago, sorry, I discovered this. I went even earlier than I remembered. I was part of an insurance company when I was in the Marine Corps called World Financial Group, like 10 years ago for like a hot minute, like a month, you know? 
I wasn't really ready yet for the opportunity, but it got me into the world of this exists, like this kind of opportunity exists where I can make a lot of money selling insurance, but even more money having my own agency inside, like building a team. I could like make residual and passive income and exponentialize my growth. So I left that company because I wasn't ready for it yet. I was in the Marine Corps, you know, I had a full-time job. So then like I got out years later and I first heard of this thing called multi-level marketing, right? The MLM <laughs> world, which is also, right? Like that's a whole big thing right now. Everyone's in MLM, yeah. right? And if you don't know what MLMs are, that's the acronym, sorry. MLM acronym for multi-level marketing. I say MLMs all the time at this point, but some of them, the way they're structured end up being what you now know this phrase as a pyramid scheme, right? Pyramid schemes are designed the same structural as MLMs, right? There's someone on top, they sell something, they recruit, everyone makes them money, like yeah. bad off pyramid scheme, right? MLM, right? Yeah. all the same crap. So I first got into legal now, legalized MLMs after the Marine Corps and got exposed to this whole compounding effective income. You build a team, they make money, you make money off them. Mm -hmm. And I never forgot about it, but this is like still seven years ago. So then after I got out of the military, I joined WFG again, actually for like the second time to see if I could make it work. I didn't, I didn't have a good experience at all. Just with the team I was on, so I left. Um, then again, three years later, I got inspired again. I joined at WFG for another third time. Same experience. I'm like, I don't like how this is running. Like, this is not for me. So anyway, so then years later, after doing like years now, just, you know, because I've never like forgotten that that's what I wanted. So about, so to this day, I've always, I said, I have feeds right now. I'm always learning, talking to people about building a business. You know, I, I was also a personal trainer for a while after the Marine Corps. So I did that. You know, I also do coaching. Like I do a lot of stuff in that world, you know, so I know a little bit more about it than most people. But what I discovered is like, this is a great, industry a great system already designed to build and to scale massively all that's missing is just someone who has the ability not just to have an insurance business but after a lot of research is he what i realized and this is very specific to the insurance world because mm -hmm. by the way I'm, I'm part of like 20 facebook groups of insurance i talk to a lot of people so i'm not just speaking from conjecture like an opinion this is what i've learned through observation the biggest complaint that insurance agents have, and I don't, I don't mean like State Farm, I mean like IMOs, independent marketing organizations like WFG, Prime America, I think that's MLM, like companies like that is client acquisition. Like where do I find clients yeah. from, right? Because mostly how these companies work, which is how WFG works, and I'm being honest, this is my experience here, is they're like, let's tap and run through your warm market, right? Who do you know? Make your top 100 list, which at first I was very young and gullible, so I did it. I was like, all right, here's my brother. You know, here's my best friend. And quickly I learned a lot of those relationships with my friends got destroyed from that. Yeah. Because they were now being sold something they don't want or they were being pressured. Now, I'm not talking smack about WFG because I know that every team in that company is unique and different. So this is not a company thing, but this is just my experience with my team at the time, how it went. And, you know, I got a really bad taste in my mouth, right? I'm like, wow, this is terrible. Like, this is like, what about me being successful? You're just stealing my leads. You're stealing my team. You're stealing my my market, right? To people that were above me. Like my, you know, my, the person that was mentoring me, making money from me, he wanted everyone in my network because that was his lead gen or lead generation yeah. source. It's like, that's where I learned about lead gen, by the way, it was back with this guy. And I was like, oh, interesting. So anyway, fast forward now. So what I've learned after all these experiences of having my own business and personal training and entrepreneur and WFG is that if you want to be successful, and this is by the way, this is any company, not just insurance. What I learned is if you want to be like really successful, you have to figure out either by paying someone, which I've done also to, you know, because I want to get at a very high level here or Google, ask chat GPT, like whatever you want to discover, like, what does it look like? And what does it take to lead gen or create your own client acquisition system or your own lead gen system? It's the only way. Now you could buy these systems from other companies and some of them are actually pretty good, but mostly they suck. And a lot of these companies will sell you their own leads. Don't ever buy them usually. Now, no. again, you have those rare ones that are really good, but the overwhelming majority of them, I've heard the agents tell me, so I'm not making this up, 
they're recycled, they're cold, they sell them to multiple people. Like, don't waste your money. Like in any industry, don't ever buy leads from someone who like is like that. When you get your own leads now, they're hot. Like that means like there are people that have told you because of how you market to them, I want what you're selling. I'm looking for it. I'm interested to hear more. That's a hot lead. So if you could build a system or a company or whatever like that, and they're only going to you, that's a good lead source, right? Because they're fresh, they're hot, they want what you're selling. That So that's what I discovered. I discovered how to build not just a system like that, but multiples of those, but I also know how to build teams around the world that do that for me. Like one of them actually an hour ago was like, hey, I found someone who was interested in being an agent. Can I send her, can I put, your, put her on your calendar? I'm like, yep, go for it. Like, and I pay everyone on commission. So if I, if I hire her and she writes a policy, that person gets paid. So I, this is a little, little hack here in terms of how to build a business. Every business I have built in my whole life until I die will be designed to be passive income running within six, 12 months. How you do that infrastructurally, there's a lot of, a lot of other things to this, but bottom line, I, you only pay everyone through commission, period. There's no employees. It's all contractor based. Why? So this way, everyone is incentivized, motivated to do well. And here's the coolest part. If they do really well, they can make as much money as they want to. There's no cap. You know, if I hire a high ticket closer and I'm like, hey, you know, for my personal training stuff I do, I'm selling a $5,000 package, right? Everyone you sell, I'll give you 30% is your commission. 1500 bucks a pop. I'm like, hey, I can either give you leads or you can get them yourself, but as many as you sell is how much money you make. I'm not going to limit you. That person can make a hundred grand if he works 24 hours a day. I'm not saying they will, but like, it's possible. Like you can make that kind of money in a system like that, right? With a commission-based system. You can't do that when you're employee, when you're salaried, you're always capped. Right. So now just to be devil's advocate, there's nothing wrong with being an employee and being salaried. I was talking about income potential. Income yes. potential is exponentialized when you're in a commission-based structure or you have your own company like I'm building, right? Where you have a team and you make money from them. So anyway, so what I've done is I discovered how to do the lead gen stuff, how to do lead generation, how to acquire clients and also agents, both organically and through processes and systems and technology and, our, and, and AI, by the way. I'm also leveraging AI for this too, which is kind of cool. And then now, and then because I've developed this system, I then just build a team, which I'm great at doing. I build teams to manage all this stuff for me. Everyone's paid on commission. Every time they get me results and they perform, I get as, as essentially as I make money, they get money. So they're mm -hmm. very motivated to make me a lot of money because I'm like, I'm like, look, I want to pay you as much money as possible. Like, don't give me a reason to, you know, I don't care. Yeah. You know? So it's cool. So, anyway, so, so I had all of this stuff now and I'm like, okay, now I'm ready. So I literally spent a whole month, wait, February interviewing five insurance companies that I found. It was like WFG, I gave them, gave them like a fourth chance here. WFG, Symmetry Financial, High America, FFL, and there was another one, I forgot the name of the fifth one. But I interviewed them all and I was like, look, like I'm someone who's very good at sales. I'm very effective. I can talk well, I can speak well, communicate well. You know, I already have all this stuff I just share with you guys, like the lead gen stuff. Like, like I'm like, I'm like a freaking atomic bomb waiting to launch here. I'm just looking for the right fit, like the right. And this is my next point I'll share with you for, for coaching or, or just for, you know, advice is leadership. Okay. When you join a company, whether it's anything, insurance, even as an employee, doesn't matter. Leadership is so important. So important because I realized the breakdown, even in the company I'm with right now, I won't give you their name just for privacy, but like even their leadership is like, Oh, it's like pretty good, but it's not spectacular. But they demonstrated to me that they're willing to be coached. So I even coached them, <laughs> ironically. I even, they even let me coach them on how to you know, optimize and be better at what they're doing. But they're like, look, Alex, like, so I talked to five companies over like a month. And I'm like, look, this is who I am. This is what I want to do. I really don't care about your system because it's not going to be as good as mine because I've already seen what they're, like how they do their business is. Like, it's not going to be as good as mine. So don't force it down my throat. Let me come in here, do my own thing my way because I will kill it. I promise you, and just support me and my team in being successful. If you can be okay with that and you can work with me on that, I will join your agency. So out of the five of them, two of them said yes, 
Well, one of them was WFG. So I had a couple more conversations with them. And at the end of the day, I was like, I don't like your company. This is, by the way, this is someone that works there who told me what I'm about to tell you, not me, again, making this up, that they're more focused on developing their agents to be like educators, like how to educate, financial literacy, which by the way, is not bad at all. Like I do that too. Mm -hmm. The problem I had though, is that that was their focus, not on client acquisition, not on how to build your company. I have, I interviewed a woman the other day, actually. It's like three years ago, who she's been with them for four years. True story. Mm. She told me she joined them. And I'm sorry, I'm like knocking on WFG, but I've been with them four times now. So I just, I have to, it's a real, this is a real story here, you know? So I'm just sharing with yeah. you. And then they're not a bad company, but again, you have to be someone like me to be successful with them. It's kind of my point here. But anyway, four years, she joined them to build an agency. That was her intention originally and to be successful. Four years later, she's she works part-time, but even still four years, she has zero agents in her agency. And she does maybe, I don't know, 500 bucks a month. I mean, I don't even know how much she makes, but oh, wow. very low in amount, you know? And it breaks my heart. I'm like, wow, four years. That's like a long time. Think of a relationship with a human being in four years, you know? We should be like living together, married. Like, you know, the expectations yeah. are like pretty big. You know, so anyway, so long story short, so, you know, I went in, I said what I said, and one, and WFG said, what they, and I'm like, you know what, I don't like your company because you're going to be essentially requiring me to lead by education, and that's not what I'm doing here. I'm leading by training people with a skill set, how to build and scale their agencies, because right, I'm building a team, and I'm, and I'm, that's what I'm doing now, I'm training my team how to scale, I'm teaching them how to, how to acquire clients, how to acquire agents, both organically and paid. Like I'm teaching them a system that will ensure they are very successful from day one. Now, the education is important. And actually, we actually created our own YouTube channel. And we're actually doing free education, financial literacy for all of our future clients and agents. Awesome. That they can give away to people they talk to, like for free. Like I'm not charging for that. So we're doing the education also. And I have a whole team managing that channel. And we're going to help it be successful. And, you know, so we're going to take care of that. But I'm like, why do I have to be the one as an agent, like educating people when there's a video to do it for me? And I can more so be with them to really talk about what's really important here. Like, hey, you know, they're they're sick or, hey, you know, they have a high chance of heart attacks in their family. They want to protect their family in case they can't work anymore. I want to talk about that because that's more important than educating them on taxes and insurance. Who cares? They need help. They're looking for a solution. Let's give it to them now. We can educate them a little bit, and on the back end, we'll give them our channel. They could be fully educated from there, and we could give exactly what they want, not what we think they want. And see, that's also where I have an issue with some companies. When they leave with education, I'm like, that's great, but do they want to be educated, or do they that's want a solution? So oh, that's so important, too, that you, you mentioned that, because there's that saying of treat others the way you want to be treated but it's not that case it's treat them as they want to be treated mm -hmm. totally yeah i 100 percent agree with you right and for me um if you don't mind i'm going to distinguish something you just said just to give yeah. it some like some distinct some specificity yeah what you said is a lot of people and by the way this is a human being issue but not even wmg yes. or whatever is that human beings love to give advice to everyone else and not be responsible for their lives as often. You ever notice that? Like people are, people love telling you how to live your life, right? But when you ask them, they're like, hmm. <laughs> you know? And yeah. here's a funny story. So I'm also, by the way, a world-class high-performance coach. So I've been doing training for like seven years now. I've done, you know, ontology training, brain science, neuroscience. Here's a really interesting study. I share it with everybody because it's really cool. So there was a brain science article that came out years ago. I talked about this. It said how, like as a human being, when you're giving someone else, so let's say Alex is giving Izzy unsolicited, unasked for advice, like a parent to their child who is like not asking for it, right? Mm -hmm. Do you know, just take a guess, what side of the brain, pain or pleasure, do you think is activated when you're on the receiving end of unsolicited advice? Oh, for sure. The pain side. Yeah, the pain side. So consider that when you're giving advice to someone or telling someone how to do anything, without them giving you permission to, or or they don't want it, consider it goes in one ear, out the other. So you're not going to be effective in coaching that person, teaching them anything. 
But more importantly, this is like kind of crazy to get. Like you're inflicting pain on that person without even realizing it. And it's funny because when I learned this, I thought back to childhood and I was like, because I'm definitely like one of those people, <laughs> you know, like I'm a very smart guy. I know everything, right? So I love giving advice, right? So, my whole life. So I think back to childhood with some of my close friends that I would do this with. And I thought about them like, huh, maybe that's why we're no longer friends. <laughs> because they got so sick of my crap of telling them everything when they didn't ask for it. It wasn't worth the relationship anymore, you know? So that was something I discovered. I was like, wow, that's crazy. So by the way, train development here, since I learned that, I no longer do that, okay? Nowadays, I always ask for permission. Hey, is it okay if I give you some advice or are you looking for some coaching around that? Always, like always, because I've learned when you do that and the person gives you permission, a couple of things happen. One, they're now willing to receive whatever you're about to give. They're now activating the pleasure side of their brain too. So now it's a pleasure, pleasure exchange where everyone wins. And two, most importantly, what you're giving them, they want, and it's gonna, and it actually can benefit them. Whereas before, it has a very small chance of it benefiting them because they don't yeah. want to hear it. It's activating pain, right? And the, now the other side of this is now the person giving the advice. Here's here's what I thought was even more interesting than the pain one is like, why do you think everyone does that? Like, why do you think everyone loves not talking about themselves or giving advice on how to ABC, whatever? Because it activates what? The pleasure center of their brain. Dopamine, right? Gets them excited, makes them feel valuable, makes them feel important because they're helping someone else when they're really not. But they feel like it is, you know? So if you think about it logically, like that's why mostly people give and talk to people and and not really open to receive as much because of that. And like, it's crazy. So ever since I've learned that, I've been like really more responsible with how I talk. And if I'm coaching, because I am a coach, I know how to do that, obviously. Yeah. But if I'm in like a, a, a session, a podcast are different because you're asking for me to talk. So you kind of give me permission to like <laughs> see this stuff, right? Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but if we were like offline, I wouldn't, I wouldn't just tell you the stuff. I'd be like, hey, is he like, you brought this up. Would it be okay to like share something that might help you with that? And if you said no, I'd be like, yeah, no problem. Cool. Like it's an offering. It's an opportunity. It's not like it has to happen, you know? So yeah. So that's something I just want to share with you offline this topic, but I think it's really important to get because if people in the world just stop telling people because they want to, we would have so much better communication and so much workability. Like we would work better as a society if people always had, like even parents to their kids, like teaching them, like men, like I'm having a baby boy soon. My wife and I, we're going to teach him not to like, you know, how to respect women, how to ask mm -hmm. permission to touch them, to hug them, to mm -hmm. whatever at a very young age. So he never has that problem. And girls will always like being around him because he's respectable of their bodies, of who they are, you know? But that has to be trained. That's not normal. No one does that. But if you're, you know, but you could train people to be, I mean, mm -hmm. I've I, I trained that way, you know, because it works. It creates a society where people feel safe. They feel inclusive. They want to be around you. Like those friends, like what I mean, I never. I, by the way, I live in California now. They're three thousand miles away, so I don't really have to talk to them anymore. So I don't, I don't. I don't. But if I want to pair that relationship, that's where I would start from. It's like, hey, I want to acknowledge that I was probably a, a know-it-all, like you know, jerk, always telling you how to do whatever for years, and I'm really sorry about that. Like I really am. Like that's I can really see how that impacts you negatively, you know. Like, and I really want to be responsible for that because I want to have a relationship with you, even a friendship. Is that possible? Like, can you forgive me? You know, like that's kind of what I do now. You know, yeah. Like in like in the way, it's authentic. I'm not like manipulating them. It's because I actually want to have because remember, I was friends with these guys for like 10, 20 years, you know, a long time. Yeah. But I moved because I joined the military, I joined the Marine Corps when I was 21. And that brought me out to California. That's where I live now. You know, but bottom line, like in my coaching all overall, like the, the background context. It's just being great with people, you know, treating people, like I said, treat people how you want to be treated with respect, with dignity, with love, you know? And I realized that I also do high ticket sales coaching. I have a whole YouTube channel for this, you know? And if you listen to every one of my videos, like all 30, 40 of them, you'll hear a lot of, you might hear some like really crazy coaching, like really aggressive 
coaching, calling people out. But if you listen, though, where does it all come from? It doesn't come from me being a jerk and just like to yell at people. It comes from a commitment I have that they are very successful in sales, that they're able to be with people and be like a human being with them. Like, mm -hmm. listen, re recreate them, whatever they're saying. You say it back to them. Show a genuine interest, not talk to them to manipulate them, to get them to buy something. That's like the most horrible way to sell. And, and, my, and like, it drives me nuts. Right. Like, I mean, that's where the whole car salesman thing comes from. That reputation is that they don't care about you. They're just trying to sell you something. Well, what I've learned, though, through a lot of my training development, too, of, with my world class training, is that like when you could be someone that people want to be around and they mm -hmm. know like, and trust you as a stranger on a sales call, friends are more likely to buy. Sorry, people are more likely to buy from friends and strangers. So what I do in my training and how I sell, because I'm also in sales, is I'm very loving with people. I'm, I'm like, hey, like, how would you, like, wow, like, you have this much stuff going on. Like, how is it like for you right now? Wow, that sounds really challenging. How are you doing with that? Do you have any support at all? No? Wow, that's, that's, that's got to be really tough. Man, I can't even imagine that. I'm surprised <laughs> you're even talking to me right now for a solution. That's crazy. Like that's kind of an example, you know, yeah. and that's, and that's me being like interested in their life, you know, compassionate, not judgmental. You know, I know some of these people I've heard some, cause I'm, I'm in sales, right? There's some people that are like insane, like negatively, they're like, well, John, you want to be there forever or you want to get out of this crack? Like I hear that. I'm like, oh my God, that's so horrible. You know, that's such like degrading to people and really taking their pain and putting in their face, you know, like. The, the things that I do, like what I stand for in this world is a lot because I stand for that never happening. I'm all about extraordinary, loving customer service. I'm all about empowering people. You know, even my agents, like I coach them from a loving, extraordinary customer service methodology. Like, look, I had a call before this call with one of my agents. I'm like, hey, man, like, how is your how's your life going first? You know, talk about that. Great, great. You know, we, 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 we great. So, how's your business going? Like, what, like, what results do you have over the last week we could talk about now that I can coach you on? Well, Alex, I did, blah, 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 and I learned, da, 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 and I discovered, da, da, da. Great, awesome, cool, great. Okay, cool. Do you have any coaching around any of that? Yes, great. What's up? Yeah, so I'm talking to my friend. He's already been in an insurance company and got a bad taste for it. You know, how can I recreate the conversation to get him interested in what I'm doing? And then I'll coach mm -hmm. them on that. You know, like that's the kind of calls that we have. They're very empowering. Not like, you know, hey, why aren't you doing this crap? Dictatorship like, generally doesn't go well. Honestly, when I hear people think that, it makes me sick to my stomach. Seriously. I'm just like, I'm so turned off by that. It's just, it's just so horrible to me. It's so nasty. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, I'm like you. I'm like, would you want someone else to speak to you that way? Like treat you yeah. like you're like a little peasant and you're dumb, and you're an idiot, and you don't have any power in life? I'm like, no, I want to empower everyone, so they also empower me. It's like a, a power relationship that we have, you know? Yes. Everyone wins. I <laughs> love that. So, so, Alex, I have a question. Yeah, go ahead. You have so much wisdom in sales and business. Did you develop this at some point, or did some of this just come naturally to you? Great question. Let's go back in time. So when I was about 13 years old, 12, 13, I don't know what happened because my, my dad worked in sales, you know, pharmaceuticals his whole life. My mom never, she was like, you know, house mom took care of the kids. Mm -hmm. So there wasn't a lot of entrepreneurialism in my family. Now my grandfather was an entrepreneur, but I didn't know him that well. So it wasn't really available. Like the world of entrepreneurialism wasn't really there for me. Like what I mean is like, it's like knowing a language, right? If you know Spanish, you could talk in Spanish, you could speak in Spanish, that's that's a world, a world of Spanish language and culture and whatever. The world of entrepreneurism, I really, I really did not know existed until I was much older, like after the Marine Corps. But at a very young age, at 13, I don't know, like something in me just clicked. And I was like, you know what? I don't have any money. I'm going to buy stuff. My parents won't give me money. So what can I do? You know what? I need to make money somehow. So I just had this crazy thought, and this is kind of how I'm wired, like neurologically. Like I'm, I'm, I'm pretty wired in a very like entrepreneurial way of thinking, for sure. Like you know, like chemically, biologically. So I'm like, hmm. 
So my parents had a membership at Sam's Club, which was like a Costco, like a, you know, like a, you buy in bulk, like you buy candy, food in bulk, right? And I went there and I'm like, hey, why don't I buy candy in bulk and sell it to kids in school for like double trip of the price? Would that be, would that make sense? You know, I had a thought one day. And so I did it. You know, I went to, I went to these places, I bought the candy, whatever. And I was like, you know, I felt like a little candy dealer at school. I was like, I was like, hey man, you want some candy? A sugar know. dealer. Yeah, a little sugar dealer, right? Having a good time, you know? And I started making like really like, I mean, for a 13 year old kid, like really good money, like $50, $100 a week, like really good money. Yeah. And I just like, fell in love with it. And uh, one thing I'll mention that could, that's practical for everyone listening too, is that, so what I learned is that the first thing required to be successful, just in general, especially in entrepreneurialism, is there, this is what Think Grow Rich talks about in that book, right? Napoleon Hill is a burning desire or a willingness to do something, period, right? What I mean is you can't force someone to be an entrepreneur. It doesn't work that way. Or even in life, you can't force someone to be successful. Now, they may follow along because they're a slave, you have manipulation with them, they're a kid, but they're not going to be wanting to do it. They might do it because they have to, but I'm referring to like a genuine, authentic way, like, like you really want to do something to like, you know, MBA professional Olympic levels here. I'm referring to like that level here, right? Like really mastery level. You have to have a willingness, a desire, period. So if you're looking at your life, how it's structured right now, I would, I would request you to look at things you're doing that you don't want to be doing or things you're doing that you're not that good at and look at, do I actually want to be doing these things? <laughs> because if you probably don't, you're probably not doing that well in them success-wise, right? Because only when you love what you're doing, right? There's an old saying, you never work a day in your life, right? Kobe Bryant is one of my most like favorite NBA people to listen to, right? He died tragically, unfortunately. But he does a lot of like videos on like motivation. And one of them says, he, he says this too. He's like, look, he's like, if you love what you're doing, he's like, I don't mind getting up at 4 a.m., whatever, go to the gym every day to work out for six hours. I don't mind not seeing my family as often as I need to. He's like, I will do these crazy things, thousand shots a day to learn how to be a good shooting basketball. He was a basketball player. Like, he's like, I, I don't mind doing these crazy things because I love what I do. It's because I said, not that I was told, I said, I chose this. I said, I'm going to do this. And I felt like, and I love doing it. And that's why he became one of the greatest. Like him, Michael Jordan have like the exact same game. Like if you watch him play basketball, it's like, it's like a mirror image watching Michael Jordan jump shot, Kobe Bryant jump shot. Because he spent so much time being mentored in, in reality by Michael Jordan was his, his big brother mentor. But he also watched all of Jordan's games. He watched all of his shots, all of his moves, everything. Hours, thousands. 100,000 hours over years. Like, who does that? Nobody. Because unless you want to do that, you have a desire, a willingness, I'm telling you, unless you're just crazy, you know, it's never going to happen because that's what's required. Mr. Beast, who's the number one YouTuber in the world, you listen to him talk on like YouTube shorts. He says this too. He goes, you know why I'm so successful? Because all day, every day, I think about one thing only. I'm obsessed with it. And that's making the best content videos I can for YouTubes. That's it. That's like his whole life is YouTube. Now that's obviously very extreme here, yeah. but I'm, I'm again pointing to what's required is a hyper-focus or a little even obsession with whatever you're doing. That is what's necessary. And trust me, I've experienced too. I could vouch. It's true. <laughs> like I'm hyper-focused right now on being, you know, creating a life that works for me and my family. And obsessive, you know, like I go to sleep, I think about it when I go to sleep. I wake up, I think about these things. You have to be like that, especially if you want to have your own business someday to be very successful. Because think about it, 90% of businesses in America failed their first year. Now, not all of that has to do with the willingness. What I'm saying is it takes a lot of work, a lot of failure, a lot of, yeah, right? A lot of heart, a lot of heartache. Like it takes a lot. So if you don't have a desire and a willingness, You'll be one of the ones that quits the first time you fail. You're like, oh, I'm done. No, nope, not for me. But someone that has that desire, that burning desire, you won't give up. You'll be like, okay, well, that didn't work. Let me try something else. Like Thomas Edison, right? I'm going to do a life up a thousand different ways until I figure it out. Now, that man experienced failure on the daily all the time, you know? But he wasn't stopped by it because he was focused. He was obsessive. 
He was intentional. He was he he was willing to do whatever it takes because that for him, like that was his life goal. Like one of them was to develop technology that could the incandescent light bulb could come into existence, and he did. You know, but again, it's not for everyone. So just to be clear, having your own business is not. I'm sorry to say, it's not for everyone. It's really not. Just like being a professional NBA player, it's not for everyone. Why? Because the amount of work it takes, the amount of practice, sacrifice, willingness, personal development, like I did, is what got me here. All this stuff required, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of human time investment and money investment. And most people are just not willing to do that. And look, that's not a problem. It really is not. People have great lives, have nine to five jobs. They do well. They have a family. It's great. Nothing wrong with that. And just know that if you want your own business one day, you want to scale a massive organization, what I'm saying, this is like the formula. You have to have this thing. Now, how do you get these things? So what I learned is this, a couple of things, and I show this in another podcast too, is that one, you have to be clear for yourself, right? That you are willing. So you have to figure out what do I want to do with my life? Like for me, right? Here's here's my thinking. I want to become a millionaire sometime in the future, have enough money to never work ever again, and be very successful and spend more time with my family. That's like the target. That's like the end goal. Now, how do I get there, right? So me building a business, it will fulfill on that kind of a future, right? Making a million dollars. So I'm looking at different strategies, like different ways to make now money and to scale it so that that future comes true. So you see, you want to have like the end result first, kind of like mm -hmm. driving a car. You have to know where you're going to figure out how to get there. If you have no idea where you're going, you're driving aimlessly, right? You don't know where you're going. So a little sidebar here. I was at a summit in person about a month ago and Dr. Jeff, I'll even say his name because he's a real person. You can look him up. He's, 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 like, he's like a renowned high-performance coach. This guy has coached over, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 gold medal Olympians in the Olympics over his lifetime. He's like the guy, like billionaires go to him for coaching on how to accelerate their mindset. He's like a mindset coach, you know? And this guy, he told me, I spoke to him one-on-one. -on -one. This is not like gossip. He told me this. He's like, Alex, look, human beings are designed biologically to have a target. When I coach people that are athletes, the target is the gold medal. Right, that's target. So we know where they're going. Now we yep. figure out how to get there. And he has a whole training right to get there. But I realized because he gave me confirmation to what I already thought, you have to have a target first. Now, is it gonna be unrealistic? Yes. And that is the point. If it's realistic, it's way too small. Like making a thousand dollars a month in a inside business. You could do that easily with driving Uber. That's not going to cause you to grow, to train, develop yourself, to become someone who's a millionaire kind of person, mindset. So you have to create something that's out of reality for you that honestly terrifies you because you have no idea how to get there right now. So you do that first, okay? So that's step number one. Then what you do is you build it backwards. So I'll, this is a practical approach, right? So let's say you say, let's make it safe here. 10 years, I'll have a business that makes a million dollars, whatever, a year. That's pretty, that's still pretty extra. Let's go more, more let's say $100,000 in a year. That's more realistic, right? We'll play it safe here a little bit. So in 10 years, I'm going to create a business that is $100,000 every year. So then you build it backwards. So I'm in year nine, I'm doing $90,000 a year. Year eight, 80,000, 770, right? You build it backwards by month to month quarter to quarter, right? Week to week, day to day. So you know exactly what metrics or numbers to hit to have that future actually be possible. So that's where you start. Then once you have that plan, now you start, now you have to look, right? You have to be willing and you start looking around Google, right? You go look for mentors that can help you do this. You look for YouTube videos, you look for whatever systems, technologies that can now support you in having these goals fulfilled along the way. But again, this is on you. So you can't be lazy about it. You have to be willing, again, to do the work to get the results. So you start taking action, right? Maybe you, this, is, this is what I did. I like for me, building insurance, like I found someone who's already in insurance, very successful. I'm like, hey, I want to build a massive agency. How do you do it? Right? Yep. 
I learned from a leader. So, no, wait, I wasn't paying this guy. It was someone on Facebook group I found. You don't need to pay for this stuff. You just got to be resourceful. Know where to look. I found this guy. Wait, wait, Facebook groups, phenomenal resource. That's how we met on this call. I remember yep. Facebook groups, right? Most of my business, even my organic marketing, by the way, is done on Facebook groups. It's a free lead gen source. It's really powerful. I teach it all the time. Right? I know, right? Go on to, this is a great strategy here. Go on, So anyone listening, go on to Facebook groups, whatever industry you want to start a business in, type it in. You'll find at least 20 or 50 or 100 groups that do that. Like for insurance, we have insurance agents groups. We have lead generation groups. Just to, like join them all. Make them part of your feed. Start engaging conversations. Like that's what I did, right? Start meeting people and you'll network that way. Find people that maybe are where you want to be successful Like yeah. And be like, hey, do you mind if I go on a call with you to like pick your brain? Or even just in the chat, mostly people actually will say yes. But here's the crazy thing, though. You don't want to just blanket cold call people. Find, this is the trick. Find people engaging and posting so you know that they're active. You know that they want to engage. Message those people like I did with Izzy, right, because she's active. I engaged her, and now we talked, and here we are, right? This is a, this is a great example because we're here on the call together, you know? So it works. And that's it. And then start looking. Sure, go on to apps like Meetup. Meetup mm -hmm. apps, a social app. Find groups that do whatever you're doing. Like, there's a lot of resources for free. And if you could afford it, but find a mentor and pay them. Like find someone who's very successful at what you do and be like, hey, uh, do you offer a mentorship program? Why? Okay, you going anything on your own in business is going to look kind of like this, you know, right? Maybe a little success and then a flatline, right? If you do something on your own in business, unless you're like really smart and you know how to do all this stuff already, it's going to be a rocky road, especially the first few years, right? That's why most entrepreneurs fail after year one. Cheat code here is what I learned. And, you know, if you have a mentor that's already there and they're telling you what to do, instead of like this, you're more like that. Yeah. Your progression is more exponential and more parabolic because you have someone who's guiding you from A to B. Why? Because they, they've already done it. They know how to get there. So a life hack I've learned is whatever you're doing, get a mentor or a system, like already a, a package that you could buy to do it. That will get that will save you months, years of time and a lot of stress, a lot of frustration. Now, I recommend getting a mentor than a package because packages, you know, hit or miss. But a mentor, someone doing it right now, they know the stuff. You pick their brain, get multiple mentors. I talk to people all the time. I'm like on my phone, like my wife hates it. She's like, get off your dang phone, <laughs> you know? But I'm always talking to people because I'm always networking because I might learn something from Izzy that helps me over here. Or maybe over here, I learned from this person that applies there, you know? Like, you never know. I have learned, you know, I have two coaches myself in my, for me, I have two coaches right now for myself, you know, that I talk to every week as much as I can. Not every week, but as often as I can. Whenever I'm stuck, whenever I have a problem, like, coach, I need to schedule a call with you. She's like, yeah, here's my link. Go, whatever, you know? Because every person should have a coach. Let's just start there. Why? Because if you are someone like me, especially, who never wants to be stuck. I, I want to live life like this always until I die. Now, it's actually possible, but how? You have to be able to be someone who's also not coaching other people, more of the advice stuff, but you're also coachable. You're very open-minded. Like I schedule calls all the time with people. I don't even know. I don't even care about what they're trying to sell me. I just want to be exposed to it. I want to learn about it. I want to ask questions and learn the system that they do. Because I know that some way that'll go in my brain. I'll be like, oh, I have a great idea now. For, like it'll somehow work and I'll be able to transpose it to what I'm doing, you know? So I tell people like, look, one of the one of the hacks also to being successful is you have to be open-minded to everything. Now I'm not mm -hmm. saying buy everything. I didn't say that, but open to a conversation about everything because you never know, right? Inspiration usually is caught, not taught. You may hear something that you're like, that's it. That's what I was missing from a random stranger on the street that says something to you about his life. You're like, oh, that's why I suck at sales because it's all about me. Okay, let me make it about them now and see how, like, but see, inspiration is caught. You can't teach someone inspiration, just in case you, you were wondering. You can't. It's caught. Are you listening to someone else? You're experiencing something. It's caught. It's like 
it's like riding a bike, right? At first you fall, and then one day it clicks in your brain and you can ride it. What what was the gap? You discovered something. You discovered balance. You can't teach balance. It's discovered. But again, you have to be looking for balance to discover it. If you're not trying to ride the bike, you ain't going to ride it. So I can't stress it enough. Willingness and desire is crucial. Now, how do you get it if you don't have it? Now, I've been very depressed in my lifetime too. So trust me, there are some times when you are not inspired or motivated to do jack, and you won't. So how do you get out of that, right? Here's, here's, a, here's a trick I'll, show, I'll share with you guys or girls, right? You have to think of something, again, that in, if it was possible to have in your future would inspire you. I'll give you an example, right? About I got out of the Marine Corps about eight years ago, and when I got out, I was homeless for a year living in my car right, in Orange County. Wasn't the best time of my life, but whatever. It is what it is, right? And the thing that got me out of that was one day I was in my car, literally, like the backseat of my car, roping parking lots to find places to sleep. Because sleeping in your car, by the way, is illegal in California. And if you're caught, they tow your butt. So I had to like avoid cops, avoid people like, oh, very, very stressful. And when you're very stressed out, by the way, there is no capacity in your brain to building a, anything, including a business. Because all your attention is on survival. You can't create when you're in survival. They don't, they don't work together, right? So one day, I'm like laying in my car, looking at my phone, watching a video on my phone. And I had a thought. My thought was, Alex, you're 30 years old. You're single. You don't have a lot of money. Like, is this really where you want your life to end up? That was kind of like the question I had. And I thought about it for a little while, because what else am I going to do? <laughs> what else to do during my time? You know, just sleeping all day and staying busy in my car or whatever, right? Watching movies and stuff. So boring, honestly. Such a waste of a year for my potential. But anyway, it was a good learning experience. So I do appreciate yeah. it looking back now. But what, what, I, what, I, what, I, what I discovered, though, I discovered again, was that, you know, like, I want to have a family someday. You know, I want to get married. I want to have children. I want to be someone who really makes a difference in the world because I've always loved like helping people my whole life. You know, 13, had my first business. I had a couple of businesses after that. Like I always loved helping people and having them smiling and being happy. Like that was who I was. And I'm like, I can't do that right now. You know, being homeless, right? It wasn't a fit for my personality. It wasn't a fit for who I said I was. So in a moment of like clarity <laughs> to say it like that, you know, I, it just came to me. I was like, you know what, Alex? Like, maybe this is not the end. Like, maybe there is a way you can have all these things down the road. You just got to take action now and figure out how to do it. Like, that was kind of like the thought. So I like, got out got of my car. I drove down the street to National University. It's a college in California. I registered for courses because if you go to college as a veteran, that's an honorable veteran, you get GI Bill benefits. They'll pay for your college and give you money for living expenses. So in my mind, I'm like smart. I'm like, okay, cool. I can make money going to school without having to work a job. This is brilliant, you know? So I went down there and they're like, yeah, we have a school, you know, in here or here. So I started going to school. I started getting money, you know, in San Diego where I live now, I'm in San Diego. And I was able to afford, you know, a place eventually, right? So, wow, I now have a room in someone's house with four walls. I have a bathroom, a fridge. This is like trippy, seriously. Like, it's not often that you can go to your bedroom and be like, wow, like just not even like you're so you're so comfortable with it. It's normal for you. But imagine living in a car for a year and now going into a legit bedroom with four walls and a bed and a bathroom. It's trippy. You're like, wow, I forgot what this is like. <laughs> you know, like it's so weird. You know, but but anyway. So but my point to all this though is that regardless of what level you're at in terms of success, depression, sadness, whatever. What I found that works well is you want to create a future for yourself that really inspires you. Like for me, it was like being married, having children, you know, being a, being a worldwide speaker one day, like being like a Les Brown, like I, I love Les Brown, being someone yeah. like, him, you know, it's always been like a dream of mine. And I, and, the, and, and, I had, and you have to create in a way that it's so inspiring for you, like so inspiring that you're willing to get out of the funk, get out of the minutia, the crap that you're in. And just take one action. That's it. Start with one. For me, it was getting in my car, driving to the college, and registering for classes. That was my one action. And from there, here's the cool thing. Once you begin taking actions, like after that, it was now going out of San Diego. After that, it was getting, like, you know, it was one action after the other. So keep it simple. Don't overwhelm yourself. One action, then one action. One step at a time here. 
And what's cool, this is now the next part of this. Once you have the desire and the willingness, you now start taking some actions. Once you have some actions, all of a sudden now you'll start getting some results. Favorable. Now you may experience failure and that's okay. That's normal. Expect it. But you'll also get some success. Once you get some success, after a while in your brain to yourself, you will now start believing a belief that what you desire is actually possible. <laughs> I'm not saying it's going to happen, but like as a possibility, wow, this might, let's be small here, this might actually be able to happen. And then take more actions. You get more success. Your belief, think of it like, think of it kind of like a scale. It starts at like zero. Then your belief scale goes to like one. The more accomplishments you then create, like the more, like for example, I went from like that to being a personal trainer, to losing weight, to, you know, doing Facebook lives. Like my belief started rising. After everything I did was like one, 10%, 20, 30, 50, 60. Like after a while, you are, you, you inspire yourself after a while so much because your belief is so high because you're now doing things that will provide you that future. And eventually like, I met my wife. We got married. We're having a baby in three months. I have a brand new car. I have a house now. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm creating something wonderful to give me what I want. I'm doing podcasts. I'm doing public speaking. Like that future I said eight years ago now is actually like coming true. Like I'm not there yet, but like it's happening. Like get married, check, you know, have a kid, check in three months from now, you know, public speaking, I'm doing it. Even right now, this podcast, you know, like like, um, there's other people I'm joining other podcast, like other public speaking groups to do with them. You know, like I'm doing the actions. See, here's the last thing I really want to get across. Cause I've experienced this myself. I've been depressed like for, you know, years sometimes. Like, so I know what it's like to have no motivation to nothing. Yeah. Because what people don't understand is when you are, and I mean like chemically, like, like, you know, depression, bipolar, like something, when you're in that depressive world, chemically, you are powerless. Like you legitimately like, and the one thing that I hate, and I'll say it like this, because I have to emphasize this. The one thing that depressive people hate is when you who have a great life and things are easy for you and you're like, oh yeah, yeah, just do this, Bob. It's simple. It's not simple for someone like that. They literally, chemically, psychologically cannot see how to do anything. Like that's why I was in my car for a year. I was depressed for a whole year. I didn't want to do crap. You could have been Tony Robbins. Give me advice. Alex, it's so simple. Just do bam, 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 bam. I'd be like, okay, I don't want to. Now what? Again, I wasn't willing. See how it's all coming together now. Someone mm-hmm. who's depressed is not willing, but not because they really want to be that way. Chemically, they just cannot be that way. So for people like that, usually like there's swings, right? Like they're in depression and they get out of it. When they're out of it, now they can take action. And so you have to like, it's kind of like a, like a game. Right, like for me, I only timed a wave when I got out of depression is when I went there for college. Right, I was at the right time in my life where that wave was ending, and I was like, "Cool, I could now do some stuff about this," and I did. And what I realized is, when you start taking action when you can, when you do, that will make like the depressive or sad stuff harder to grip you when it if it, if it comes around again. Because right, what it tells you when you're depressed or whatever is like, "Look, you're worthless." No one mm. likes you. You suck at life. Right? These are all thoughts. That By the way, you, you don't control your thoughts either. In case you think you do, you don't. They're randomized, right? So these thoughts just happen. But if you can create success in the world now, and, oh, and by the way, the missing piece of all of this now to empower you with everything I just went over is personal development. Hey, for me, I found a company through a friend called Landmark Worldwide Education. Hey, they're a worldwide leader in personal professional development. They're all around the world. I went to them for their courses. That is how I really became the person I am today is from them mostly, right? Because what they gave me was a toolkit. They gave me tools on how to deal with life, like stress, failure, my experience of myself, how to communicate, how relationships are. Like they taught me all these experiential skills that I use every day in my life, even in business, every day. That allowed me to interact with and engage with life powerfully. So nowadays, 
if I if I hit failure, I'm just like, okay, that didn't work. I'm gonna try something else. Like there's no impact at all. There's no, oh, I'm so sad. No, nothing at this point. Now I didn't get here easily. It took years of training to develop myself in coaching, obviously. But I'm letting you know that it's possible. I want to create what's possible here. It's possible to go from someone that had nothing, homeless, not not to where you could actually be you could actually become someone through, right? Personal development. This is how I say it. Think of personal development as the fuel to keep you empowered when you experience life. Mm. Life isn't easy for anybody. I don't care who the hell you are. It's not easy. You're gonna experience failure. It's inevitable. Sorry. Failure, jealousy, anger, upset, you know, whatever. Any negative emotion you could think of, you will experience. Now, how do you deal with that? How do you react to that? Mostly as human beings, we don't know. There's no manual as parents to train your kids to deal with life effectively. Now, they do their best, obviously. We all do. But what I'm saying is there's actually things you can learn. I learned this from Landmark. You don't have to go there. Go to, you know, find one that works for you. But find something, NLP, Tony Robbins, whatever, that gives you a toolkit. So when life comes at you hard, it doesn't, like, bring that down to depression. I'm just like, oh, oh, cool. Look, that didn't work. That's fun. I can even make it fun now. I even make failure fun in my life. I don't care. I'm like, oh, that didn't work. Well, that was an epic fail. Man, I really messed up that time, didn't I? It's like something I would say to make it fun, like to make it light, not super serious. Well, okay, well, that didn't work, John. Let's try something else. Cool. Like, that's it. Like, that's failure to me at this point. It's so comical. I, I actually, I want it because the more failure you have, the more success is around the corner, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's everything. So recap, right? Everything begins with willingness and desire. Like, so it's like number one. If you don't have that, your life will be good, but I promise you, it'll never be extraordinary. It, it, it just can't because you're not willing to do what it takes to have those kind of results in every part of your life. Parenting, marriage, business, job, whatever. You'll always be good, maybe and okay. But I promise you, in terms of like ultra mega success, extraordinary relationships where everyone likes you, people are attracted to you, they want to be around you, you'll never have that. It's just not possible because you're not that kind of person. You got to become that kind of a human being that people want to be around. When you talk to them, you empower them. They like you. You make them feel good. They grow around you. People become successful around you. People find husbands and wives around you, friends of yours. Like, (laughs) I mean, like this level of like power, like it's possible. It really is. I've seen it. I'm experiencing it. It really is, you know, and it just takes, but it takes work from you. Okay. And here's the last thing, because this is, this is crazy to me, but I say this now. Okay. People believe that by knowing anything, like I read a book on, you know, empowerment, I read a book on success that you will now automatically be able to convert that into practical actions to be successful. Life doesn't work that way either. Okay. I can read, I can read, I can read a thousand page memoir written by geniuses on how to ride a bike. But the moment I hop on that bike, you better, but I'm falling on the ground every time because knowledge has no impact on experience. Riding a bike is an experience. It's experiential. You got to do it. You can't think about it. Balance is discovered while you're taking actions and you're willing to learn how to ride a bike. You will discover, you'll find, you'll discover it after a while. It's life's the same way. If you want to be an extraordinary parent, you got to look and be like, what am I doing that's not that? And deal with yourself with that. Get coaching on it. Get mentoring on it. Because that's never going to change. And your current relationships will always be the same your whole life. And here's the worst part. When things don't work for you, you know what you do? Because this is a very human being of you. You blame everyone else for your life and how much it sucks and the failures. And I'm not like demoting anyone here. I'm being honest here. I, I do. I've done it too. We all do it, right? When we're not getting what we want, are we ever responsible for that? No. We're looking for who to blame, right? Was it like was it like Sylvester Stallone and Rocky? Right, has a great speech about this. Motivational speech about this. He goes, "Life is hard. You know, the first thing you do when you get hit in the face is you look for someone to blame." It's so true. Now, why do we do that? Here's the why: because it's easier to not be responsible for our own life than just. Blame someone else, right? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't deal with this crap. I'm a failure, Johnny, my boss, because you suck as a trainer. That's why I'm failing. Do your job better, right? You'll hear. 
But in reality, if you were being responsible, being responsible, you might say, hmm, you know, I'm here, I work here too, and I'm not doing that well. Maybe I have something to do with that. Maybe, because I'm here too. Like a two tango, right, kind of thing. Maybe I can look at what I'm doing with my boss and figure out what's not working or what's missing that I can add that will get me to the next level of my performance. See, that's how I live life. I'm always looking at what's missing, what's not working, and getting to work on that because that is what causes extraordinary results in every part of your life. You have to be 100% responsible for everything and have integrity. You say you're going to do something, you do it. Why? Because that creates reliability out in the world for you. If you are not reliable, people don't want to be around you for anything. They can't trust you. You're never on time. You don't pay on time, whatever. But if you're someone who is responsible, you're reliable, you have integrity, you are extraordinary people, they want to be around you. Like, imagine the kind of life you are going to have being that person. Crazy. It's like, yeah, I blow it, you know? I think you, you've hit so many important topics that we could just dive into <laughs> independently, but it really brought back to mind a quote that I learned in college was people remember you based on how you make them feel. And mm-hmm. so, as you mentioned, integrity, you know, allowing people to feel safe around you, yeah. uh, allowing people to feel valued because you are asking them for, if, if they want the advice or how you can support them. It's so beautiful. And congratulations on on all the success so far. I, I can relate. We'll have to catch up on another time. Actually, I'll be cool. in San Diego next month. Um, <laughs> cool. But yeah, I mean, coming from so little and having to create all of it. I'm I, I, yeah, you know, it's like when you buy your house, when yeah when you get married when you're like all these things you're like oh my gosh like i created this from nothing yeah is is just so amazing and letting everyone know that it is possible that it is possible and it opens up everything's on the other side of being coachable being open to learn and being open to implement strategies to put into place yeah pretty cool (laughs) awesome Well, thank you, Alex. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Magnified Abundance. We hope that you found inspiration and valuable insights from our guests' journeys towards success and their mindset shifts. Remember, cultivating an abundant mindset is a continuous journey. So apply the lessons that you've learned here today in your own life and business and embrace the power of growth and abundance. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to Magnified Abundance on your favorite podcast platform so that you'll never miss an empowering conversation. And don't forget to leave us a review, share the podcast with a fellow professional entrepreneur or someone who you think can benefit from magnifying their abundance. And then stay connected with us on social media, where we share additional resources, quotes, and updates to keep you motivated on your path to success. You can find us on Instagram at Magnified Abundance. Thank you. Thank you once again for listening to Magnified Abundance. And remember, when you embrace an abundant mindset, possibilities become limitless. Keep magnifying your abundance and watch your success soar. Until next time, stay motivated stay focused, stay abundant.